As you heard earlier, Sydney is the focus of the global celebration that cultivates pride in LGBTQIA plus communities, the first time ever in the Southern Hemisphere. But how do you enact pride when you've spent much of your life fighting, not just racism, but homophobia, sometimes painfully within your own community? The Murrabah Indigenous Oral History Project is part of an exhibition for Sydney World Pride, curated by the very busy Stevie Ross, who we heard from earlier. The idea was to bring forth the often hidden stories of our black queer community from those who were there at a defining period in the right struggles of the 70s and 80s and beyond at the nexus of Indigenous culture and sexuality. The ABC's editor of Indigenous Radio, Daniel Browning, has travelled the country to find those everyday activists and community members who blazed a trail for others. Daniel asked them all to reflect on the question of pride. Is it one that resonates with them or has it been trademarked? And what does it mean to live in pride and how do you cultivate it in others? These were just some of the questions Daniel put to those he spoke to. I'm Deborah Cheatham. I'm sitting here in the library of the Sydney Conservatorium of Music, which is my alma mater. And since leaving here, I've had such a rewarding career of of many opportunities. They all began in our beautiful gay and lesbian community as we knew it back in the day, in the 80s. And since then, I guess I'm known as the Artistic Director of Short Black Opera, Australia's Indigenous First Nations Opera Company, Uh, I'm also a composer, a soprano, and I just feel really honoured to be talking to you, Daniel. We've we've known each other for a long time now. When I think of the word pride, I think of you coming out on stage in some (laughs) fabulous gown. No, I like to frock up as a soprano does. I like a sense of occasion, and I don't think we're any strangers to that. As First Nations people, we would paint up with great intricacy of the body paint, creating a sense of occasion with with all of the craft and creativity at our disposal. So for me, in a concert sense, that will be, you know, the big gowns. But, you know, the universal language in all of this, of course, is music. It's how I know the world. My partner, Nicolette, is also a musician. She's a conductor. Music gives you the, the, the opportunity to know yourself on a far deeper level than just about any other means that I can think of because it just can transmit a truth into your soul. Maybe it bypasses the analytical. Maybe it speeds up the process of an analysis. But in any case, it embeds a truth in the soul like nothing else does. It all makes sense because arts were not siloed in traditional cultures. There's something that came later on when people wanted to, you know, capitalise on and exploit, I suppose. And so you have these specialists who some know how to collaborate and speak with one another and when they do you get great art and some don't at all. And that's when you get something that's rather puzzling because it doesn't seem to fit together and it should fit together because it was always meant to be together. The singer is the dancer and the dancer is the painter and the painter is the storyteller. When I see you come out on stage in those fabulous gowns, where do you summon that that pride from? And we're talking about world pride. What about individual pride and pride as a black fella and 
all those other kind of questions. Where do you get your pride from? I get it from my ancestors and what they did and the strength and resilience that they showed and the determination to still be here, to be the granddaughter of... Now, the great-granddaughter of one of the people you didn't massacre, to be someone who has had the song passed down to them. I might be singing it with a different tune, but it's a song nevertheless. I'm proud of that. I'm proud to be the sum total of my parts, to survive the homophobia of those early years. I've never had internalised homophobia. I'm grateful for that. I've always just felt, well, this is who I am. Isn't everyone like this? Empowered. Empowered? (laughs) I do feel feel empowered. But my ancestors were an incredibly resilient group of people. You know, during the pandemic in 2020-21 in Melbourne, I lived through the pandemic, and we had lockdowns. But we also had curfews And if you wanted to go more than five kilometres from your home, you needed a permit. And the permits and the curfews triggered me massively because I knew that was my grandmother's experience, except she was living in the sort of deprivation of no real roof over her head, dirt floor, kerosene tin flattened out for a wall, you know, hessian bags for curtains. Yeah, I didn't know that kind of hardship. But... She knew permits and curfews her entire life and it really triggered in me. And I had to get past that because I knew that I was living in a kind of a luxury compared to what my grandparents had had. And in the end, it was a strength that I was able to draw on. But I do feel empowered. I, I know that I'm here to help people. My role in life is to help people understand and to have a deeper self-knowledge And I think I'm able to do that because I've had to do it for myself as well. My name's Colin Ross. I am a very proud Aboriginal Dinnerborough man. Pride. My pride is in my Aboriginality. It's also in my gayness. I like the word homo, and I like the word homosexual, I like it. When my mother told me that she used to hang out with all the gay boys in Bundaberg, who worked for the local radio station, mind you, I said, Mum, you didn't tell me that. She said, no. When I told my mum that I was gay, she said, I'm glad you're happy, son. And my auntie, that one up there in the photograph, said, no, he doesn't mean that. He means that he's homosexual. And that was the word that came out of her mouth. But I've always liked that. It's got a, it's got a maleness thing about it. So that's where my queer pride, gay pride comes from. When I started hearing about the word pride, I looked at who was around me. 
and I included myself in that. And clearly, there was a pride there. What wasn't there was the acceptance. Not in the person, but in the family. My family give me pride because they are so accepting of my gayness. There's always questions about my gayness or my queerness and I'm, I don't hide it. Not anymore I don't hide it. I like black pride. And it's... I, th I think it's universal now because if you look at the Americans, I'm talking about black Americans, but I also like that whole thing of Aboriginal pride, Aboriginal gay pride. But it's like, if you say your mob, like Jinnaburra, my Jinnaburra gay pride. There's been a few bumpy things there, but um, in the sense of my mob saying things like, he's so gay, and this is coming from a straight man, what I do with that is I turn it around so I put it in a way where I like it or I love it. It's like when I was a kid, I got called Queenie. And it wasn't just Queenie, it was Queenie dot, 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 dot. And I thought... No, what, Queenie from the scrub, Queenie from the bush. One of the things that I like about pride and it's, it's, it's organisational pride too because I'm really proud of Anukana and the things that Anukana's done. I'm really proud of the people that have been involved in it because that's what's given it strength. So it's about being stronger together. I have pride in our white allies who have helped us along the way and I think that that's a fantastic thing because they stuck their necks out, they stuck up for us when times were hard. So... So there's that. But there's also that pride of the people that we've lost along the way. And they've given us pride because of the things that they've done. The strength that they've given us. So I see strength and strongness in pride. I think that's probably what the most important thing is to me. I want our people not to have to hide who they are. My name's Sue Pinkham. I'm really proud and have pride because I have worked hard, have been honest and trust that the things that I do and believe in have value.
and did you have you always had a sense of pride? I guess it's something that you that you've had to nurture. I wasn't born with a sense of pride. Nah. Um, you, could, you have to experience what it is like to have none, to, to know what pride actually is. Yeah, I think I had to work really hard to get to f- actually know what pride was to start with. And then I had to work even harder to think that I deserved it. And then continue working to believe that I had it mm. and to understand what that did to my life. Mm. And I think right now... I have pride because I've worked through lots of ups and downs and speed humps have gotten in the way, but I have pride in myself for being able to get to the age that I'm at, being somebody who is safe for people to come to when they need somebody to nurture when they want to put down their baggage for a little while, but come back and deal with that baggage. Mm. I feel my pride is to open doors and I think that's probably where I feel better in allowing my pride to sit with me is that, I can't stop opening doors and making change. And also, I think what, in looking over your very long career, what I'm seeing is this, this, this um, drive towards making places safe and mm-hmm. making people feel safe. So this is, I'm talking about Rainbow Mob, I'm talking about, you know, blackfellas who identify as uh, LGBTQI+, you know, creating cultural safety, if you can, around uh, that identi- those identities has really kind of been what you've been about. Yep, yep. And I think as well, trying to teach other people not to be as judgmental and to open their minds so that they're making it safer for us to actually access services. So I think a lot of what I've done has been... Around. Pride-oriented, delivering, yeah. giving pride to others. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think about no, it like no, no. that at the time. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. It's an organisational concept now, isn't it? I mean, with this thing, well, pride is big, but yeah. pride itself is something, I think, separate. It's, 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 yeah, it's, absolutely. It's felt absolutely. I mean, well, pride is just a minute little splash in the ocean. The other stuff is lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, and innate, I know innate and inside us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we had a quick yarn earlier mm. and made connections between mm. our lives mm. that have made changes happen. Mm. You know, just from relationships across the years and being able to have yarns with people, mm. and they take the ripple effect. Is what I'm getting at here, the mm-hmm. ripple effect. You know, you you say something to someone and they take that back to their workplace and they're, they're in agreement with what you've said, but they take that into their workplace and so that ripple effect happens somewhere else, even though you're not there, mm-hmm. you know, and that's... Be like gra- black grapevine, but just like, you know, all the, the things that we're saying, the things that we're talking about, the communication we're having today, 
yeah, has a, has an effect, will have an effect. Yeah, hopefully. yeah, yeah. You know, a bit like that Captain Cook outfit. Mm, the, Coles Captain Cook outfit. Yeah, the parade. The Lame flag going sideways up Oxford Street. <laughs> that you know, that that stuff has ongoing. We don't think so at the time, though. Again, you can say this because you were right there at that moment. Yep. But now yep. looking back on our history, a long involvement with Sydney gay and lesbian Mardi Gras mm. is these things that us mob, who you call rain, the rainbow, you know, rainbow community, the rain, rainbow mob, um, we have made big changes and we don't kind of stand back and go, hey, look, gee, I did that. Yeah, no. We need to reflect more on why we're proud and, and what we've done. Yep, yep. My name is Peter Waples Crow and Naya Narigu. I am Narigu from the high countries of New South Wales, but I find myself living here in Nam for the last about 20 years. I identify, you know, I used to say I was a gay man, but I actually prefer queer. I think it's become my preferred term. Um, I know sometimes there's issues around it in some of the um, our elders and stuff, but I think it's good to challenge that as well. Um, so I don't know if I probably is queer. My pronouns are he and they. Um, I think I've, you know, at my age I've learnt from the amazing young people in the community as well. Um, it's that intergenerational conversation that means a lot to me. Um, and in back in the day, do I have to say old or <laughs> But, you know, we didn't have much selection of who we were and, and they were all quite derogative and yeah so yeah I embrace queer fully yeah I am a visual artist um yeah I've, I've always done art forever and ever so yeah and I'm I'm an Aboriginal health worker as well so study public health as well so I do that and do art as well I think that they both combine and they feed off each other and I get to be creative in my health work as well and do lots of visual stuff and work with younger queer mob as well to design things and it's fun I really enjoy it the concept of pride I don't know I'm proud that I'm here now you know I'm proud that I'm here now I'm here um that I've had trials and Great times, bad times, um, but I'm still here and I'm making art and, yeah, I'm, I mean, we've got our own festival here in Melbourne, the Midsummer, which is on at the moment, and I've got some billboards and it's called Queer on Country, you know, so I'm just looking back at them, they're symbolic and they're talking, this, yeah, I don't know, that's what pride is to me, you know, just being kind as well, you know, being always trying to be really loving and try not to do harm. I know, it's not all about wearing a rainbow or glitter or, you know, it's about respecting people. It's about, you know, I just want a world where we're really respected as well, you know, and respecting our differences, respecting their diversity and understanding that diversity, you know. I think there's a lot in that. Hmm. Yeah, it's not just an abstract concept or a word. I mean, to me, it's you can't claim that word unless you have done what you've done and it's come from, you know, risen through your pride or, or actually found your pride through trauma. Yeah, I think I found my pride through trauma. Um, I'd acknowledge that. Um, 
But I never gave up, you know? Like, I just kept going. There's probably times when I could have. Um, and I'm at a new point now, so I just, you know, pride's a lifelong thing as well, you know? Um, yeah, if you're having a... Mad times can change, you know, as well. You know, hold on and be resilient. I know we overuse that word resilience, but... Um, keep putting that foot in front of another and just keep walking forward and yeah you never know what's around the corner I used to think you know as an artist my art wasn't black fella enough you know so um but what is that you know I always ask that question what is black fella art I guess we all can you know um yeah and then one day I think I won a prize at one of the art awards, and I, it was so amazing. But that, I don't know, I've just always made art as well. So if you've got a creative passion, just nurture it, you know, even if it, you can't give, dedicate it to it full time, you know, just keep doing it in bits of it. Um, and with the ebbs and flows of life, you know, more and more, sometimes you'll have more opportunity to do more of it. and. I don't know. That's what I'd say to creativity. Um, be aware, just what's around you. Be mindful. Yeah, and just go forward. Yep. And how you love more deeply within our own mob, within Blackfellow mob, but also within you know queer queer spaces and yeah. queer community. I think there's no love. You 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 aren't behaving in a loving or prideful way. I can't believe in the mirage that you're creating about pride or whatever it is, identity, if you behave this way towards me. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what to say to that. I just think, I just think sometimes we can't be proud if, if, if our communities aren't making us proud yeah. or just treating us in a way that, 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 that doesn't make us feel proud. Yeah. No, I agree. We need, we need to... Um, Support each other, basically. Yeah, we Love do. More Love more deeply. Um, try to look past your own... Um, I don't know what it is Judgment. with people. Judgment, yeah. I think I did one of those hold-up post-it signs. You know, don't, I don't want to be judged because I've felt I've been judged a lot, you know, my whole life, you know. Um, I wish that word, that judgment word would just disappear. But judgment, yeah, it has to stop. Yeah, when I stand on stage, I've always been out. I've never been closeted in any any forum. It's cost me. When I was chief of parade for Mardi Gras in 2006 and my then partner and our daughter, when we rode in the Cadillac at the head of the parade, the next week I was sacked from my job for that. Many years before that, when teaching I, music at a private school. I was school. teaching music at MLC School in Burwood and um, a new principal came in and she basically rid the whole school of all the gay and lesbian stuff. And I was one of the casualties of that. Private schools can still do whatever the hell they want. They've always been able to. But, yeah, I've, I've had devastating things happen on the basis of my sexuality, but... Nothing would convince me to be anything less than what I am. What else do I have? Like, this is who I am. And I have to be that to be authentic, don't I? What else would you be? And for whom? Who, who, would, you, 
Who would you silence part of your own spirit for? Who would you do that for? I, I don't know. I can't do that. So you have to accept me as I am or, you know. But that's not that those things weren't devastating at the time. Losing that job in 1991 at MLC was, it was catastrophic and I did fall apart and I didn't know how I would recover from that. And after that high point, that Mardi Chief of Parade, 2006, Parade. Mardi Gras, yep. history repeated itself. Yes, it has cost me on occasion uh, my identity on many occasions and the various parts of my identity. Uh, I would say my identity as an Aboriginal woman and a lesbian has excluded me from many main stage experiences in this in this country. <laughs> yeah. But I have the resilience of my grandmother to say, well, I'm going to draw on that. What are the things that you are most proud of in, in, in this life of yours? <sighs> I'm proud of making places safe. I'm proud of making people believe in themselves. Mm. Years ago, I supported these young lads coming out and I've watched them grow and I've watched them become the supports for other people coming out, mm. go home to their communities and be challenged in their communities. About, but, their, about their sexuality. Yeah, mm. about their sexuality. But then watch them perform in their communities. And stand in their pride. Oh, stand in their pride but be paid to get out there and do their drag shows in the local community and they then are the ones that other younger people are going to saying, you've given me the safe ground for me to come out now. Mm. You've helped me. That makes me really proud. You know, and I'm still in contact with those. Well, they're not young anymore. And I actually giggle when we all see each other and they call me mum, you know, and I giggle and I go like, yep. And I'm watching the hair go white on them now. I'm going, yep, well, mm-hmm. It's lovely. I'm very proud of that. It's intergenerational safety. Mm. I'm proud of that. I've seen the young ones who are full of pride and go home and they've been proud of who they are and they've been proud of what they learnt only to be vilified, crucified for expressing who they are as young people in the world. We don't want that anymore. We want them to hold that pride. Um, there's danger in pride, and I think that we have to understand that too. I think that it's that stuff that sometimes doesn't go away, but I think the strength of, it all, of us all together, and that's the thing that I'll... I'm really looking forward to in Sydney is that the pride of the black collective, the black Aboriginal collective that's going to gather there and give us all strength and make us all feel strong and have pride in who we are when we all gather. That whole collective thing around pride for... But not only Sydney, for all of us everywhere, no matter where we are, 
I mean, I know, you know, I know people who live out in isolated areas who are really proud, and they do, and they're so their their communities are proud of them, and they hold that pride within that community and the respect around that. Pride is also about honesty too, so it's about that, and yeah, it's feeling good. It's feeling good about yourself, feeling great about yourself. You know, it's that. It's not the colour of your skin. It's not about that. Pride is for everyone. That's what I'd like to think. You know, in 2008, I realised that I didn't want to be the only Indigenous opera singer making a living, and uh, I knew that there would be plenty of uh, Indigenous musicians who, who loved classical music as I did. I couldn't possibly be the only one. So go out there and find them and create opportunities for them. That's what I've done with the opera company and now with uh, Ensemble Dutala, which is our instrumental chamber ensemble. We're doing the same thing for kids, young kids from the age of about eight up to, well, Short Black Opera in, in 2022. I'm very proud to say put the first Indigenous conductor in front of a state orchestra. And that was Aaron White this year with the MSO. And he's conducting everybody now. So there's an appetite for it, but maybe not always the vision for it. So that's where I have, I have to bring the vision for that. I guess a prou- the proudest moment, and I keep harking back to this idea of pride because I think it's very complicated. I'm proud when a student comes up to me after 30 years, and I might have taught them for a few months, and they'll come up to me and say, you made all the difference to me. I love music because... You are my teacher. I've done this in my life because you are my teacher. Just the other day, a student who I couldn't have taught her for more than a month or two months after I was forced to resign from Methodist Ladies College in Burwood, I did some teaching at North Sydney Girls High, the best teaching I've probably done anywhere, great school, great music program. And a student who had been in Year 7 at that time, she came up to me at the Opera House just the other night and said... I want you to meet my children because what you did for me at that school, I've tried to pass that on to them. Knowing that you've done some good in the world, that you've been a positive force uh, in someone's life, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the works that I've written that have helped Australians understand what it is to belong to this continent. Pecan Summer certainly... Pawang Lifts the Sky, my new opera, yes. But uh, Umarella, A War Requiem for Peace, is probably the big one because that conversation around resistance wars, it's so important to understand that the conflicts that took place on this country, the lives that were lost, the passion and the defence of this land that First Nations people demonstrated in those early brutal years of colonisation and ever since... It's important that we know that. So I think broadly I'm proud of anything I've done that has helped people to understand their own belonging better because I know how important that is. Coming from a point where I didn't understand my belonging at all um, to being able to claim that eventually as an adult, as I do, I know how enriching that is. So I want that for everybody. Pride is drawn from an oral history project called Muraba 
First Nations LGBTQI plus trailblazers for Sydney World Pride. You heard from the voices of some of our superheroes, Deborah Cheatham, Colin Ross, Peter Waples Crow and Sue Pinkham, along with Kutcher Brown, Gary Lee, Philip McGuinness, Gary Lang, Sydney Saltner and the baby of the group, Ginny Jane Smith. The Maribar Project was curated by Stephen Ross and Nick Henderson and our own Daniel Browning was behind the mic. As part of the oral history series, which will be deposited in the Australian Queer Archives, there's an exhibition of photographs by Joseph Mayers with a QR code activated audio at Carriage Works that runs for the duration of Sydney World Pride. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.